I do ask for the prayers of the saints as I begin to read and break the bread of life this morning. I thought last night or last evening as the message came that I was to deliver the sermon this morning, my mind began to wander back just a little bit. over some of my past days and one of the reasons I'm here this morning some of the brothers heard that I was to have some family here this morning that had never been to sanctified church before they live over in Montgomery, Alabama and due to ill health that my aunt's not able to come this morning She's about 90 years of age, and a few months back I had a conversation with her, and she began to tell me about the year of 1914, when she was a young girl living on Arthur Street in Montgomery, Alabama. She heard Sister Fanny Rogers preach. Sister Fanny, I think, was just a young teenager at that time and it left an everlasting impression upon her through all of her years she's 90 years of age and it left an impression upon her that she had heard and I told her that Sister Fanny was still here upon the campground and was still alive and she could hardly believe it and she began to talk among her children. She has six children. And I don't know how many, I think there's around a hundred grandchildren and children and great-grandchildren that she has. She began to talk among them and they began to hear the words that she said and they began to get interested in coming over here to the camp meeting and to hear what we had to preach. Her health it's not too good, and she's taken very kind of ill, and so she's not able to be here this morning. Her intentions were, and I just found out a couple of days ago, she was not going to make it. But I thought about the impression that we leave right, with yeah. what we say and what we do with our lives as sanctified people. Amen. To impress a young teenager of 13 or 14, you've got to really do something outstanding, I think, and especially to impress them for them to remember it 70 years later. You would have to really. But she said, I believe, she's 91. She's 91. So that's what impressed her. It really impressed her. Uh, she uh, felt as though She had heard something she had never heard before. And I believe if my mind serves me correctly, she said Aunt Fanny preached from the back of a wagon. Now that would be quite a unique thing for us today to see someone maybe taking on that effect to preach in that way. But I think we need to use whatever mode or whatever means we have to carry the gospel along. 
We hear about the Brush Arbor meetings and we hear about some of the preachings that our people had done when they would get off the trains and they began to walk down the streets and they began to sing and they began to stand on the street corners and begin to proclaim the everlasting gospel. I think that has something to say for itself and people begin to listen. Thank you, Lord. I heard an old story How the Savior came from glory on Calvary to save a wretch like me. Heard about his lonely of his precious blood told me and I repented of my sins and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus my Savior Thinking along those lines, I feel like I'm a product of that preaching from the back of that wagon there on Arthur Street in Montgomery, Alabama. My father came along and he heard it. His father heard it. My grandfather got sanctified as a result of those meetings. About 35, 40 years later, my father got sanctified, and I feel like that was from the results of that preaching there, of that young lady that stood there in the back of that wagon. About 20 years later, I got sanctified. I didn't know then that that was a result of a young lady that stood maybe and preached the Word of God on a street corner. Are people that had an unction to go out into the world and Amen. begin to That's preach right. to the on. everlasting gospel. Yes. Tell the world about it. That's the Lord. That's right. This morning, my son and daughter stand up on the stand. Yeah. Both sanctifies. I believe they're products of the gospel that was preached and the word of God that was carried down through the ages. When our people begin to go across the land and begin to preach and begin to declare the everlasting gospel. I believe that everyone that is here this morning is a product of that preaching from someone, somewhere, that the Word of God lodged in your heart and in your mind. And you begin to see there was a better way to live than to live in the world of sin and come out from this world and from sin and begin to seek and to search and begin to find God within your life. 
As I begin to think on these things, I also begin to think about how Satan was right along. He would have stole the gospel from everyone. He would have taken it out of your heart this morning if it was possible. I'd like to carry you back in the line of time, maybe for a few minutes, if you'll kind of allow me to. If you'll try to clear your minds of all the things around you and what's going on and what may go on in the weeks to come and bring it down to this morning here. In this church among our people, I thought about God when He began to create and when He began to speak the world into existence. And He began to tell the days and began to create days and weeks and months and years. But the greatest creation of all was mankind when He said He went. And he took of the dust of the earth and he formed the man and he breathed into him the breath of life. And man became a living soul. But with that along came the deceiver that would deceive mankind. He found the woman there in the garden in the cool of the evening. Satan did. And began to blind her mind and begin to carry her away from God. But God was still upon the scene. God wasn't going to allow Satan to carry mankind too far away. But then we come along after they are cast out of the garden. And we know they had two sons. And Satan would have again destroyed mankind if possible. Reading from the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. I'm not preaching so much on faith this morning, but you'll just have to kind of go along with as I begin to read. By faith, Abram offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gift, and by it yet being, by it being dead yet speaketh. Whenever Cain saw that Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice, Greed and hatred and those things began to come up into his life. And Satan entered into his heart and he slew his brother. But God wasn't through. God wasn't through. He said when Cain slew Abel, God raised up Seth in his stead. God was still up on the scene and he's still up on the scene this morning if we allow him to work into our hearts and into our lives. And by faith Enoch was translated. God still had people along through the line of time that he would work with, that he would care for. People that God would work and use in his work. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. But before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We come on down now through the line of time. And we find here in God's universe. We find that men begin to get wicked. Begin to go away from God days without number. They serve God not, and when he looked down again upon the universe, 
The only thing that he found was one man that was faithful unto him. By faith Noah being warned of God of things not as yet, not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. This morning, if it had not been for a faithful man called Noah, a man that worked for 120 years in the preparing of an ark for the saving of mankind, if God had not looked down and found this young man to go out and begin to work in the vineyard of God, begin to prepare an ark for the saving of our, us this morning, that would have been all lost. But God has always found somebody that was willing to do the job. He has always found an Aunt Fanny that was willing to go out and to preach the word of God. By faith, Abraham. When he was called to go out into a place which he should have, re- should have after received for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out not knowing whether he went. This man Abraham, after God had caused the great flood to come up on the earth and mankind had begun to multiply again, God saw that he needed a people to do his work. And he began to call Abraham. And this is whenever he began to make a plan to redeem mankind from the fall of Adam. I believe this is the very beginning of it. By faith he sojourned in a land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacle with Isaac and Jacob, the heir of him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which has foundation whose builder and maker is God. I believe Abraham sought diligently for that city. He began to follow after what God had told him to do when he called him out from that country and from that strange land. Through faith also Sarah herself restrained strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised God began to tell Abraham there at that time that he was going to have a son. And that this son was going to be, and that is, was going to be his seed. And that they were going to be as multitude of the stars that shine in the heaven. And as the sands that are innumerable upon the seashore, so would thy seed be through Abraham. And yet after the son was born, God told him to take him out upon a mountain and to offer thy son, thy only son. But Abraham counted him faithful that if he offered him up, he was even able to raise him from the dead, is what Abraham said. And by faith, Abraham, when he was tried to offer up Isaac, And he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac should all thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him even from the dead, from whence also he received him for a figure. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. And by faith, 
when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning upon his staff. I'd like to speak just a moment on Joseph. Satan would have come along, and if it had been possible, God began to reveal some things to Joseph. Begin to show him that his father and his brothers were going to make obedience to him. He began to tell him the story of what God had revealed to him in a dream. And as he began to tell the story to him, they began to get jealous of, his, of Joseph. And they took him out. And whenever he went out on the journey to carry him vittles to feed him, they conspired within themselves. And if it had not been, I believe, for Reuben, they would have killed this young man, Joseph. But God had a great plan for Joseph's life. God was still upon the scene. And God had a plan that Joseph would be a great part of it. He carried Joseph way down there into a land of Egypt. God never promised that children of that Abraham, his seed, that they would live and dwell. And Egypt would be the land that they would come out of. But God allowed them to be carried way off down into a land of Egypt. And there they wandered, as scripture says, for 400 and 30 years they wandered. But God allowed all the children of Jacob to be carried down there. And the miraculous plan that he worked to get them down there through the famine that God had declared would be upon all the earth for those seven years. And his whole plan was to get the children of Israel down into the land of Egypt. But he wanted to show a, a mighty work is why he put him down there. And while they were down there in the land of Egypt, God instituted one of the greatest things of his plan was the institution of the plan of the Passover. Amen. He told them, said, God, I'm going to bring you out with a high and with a mighty hand. And you're going to spoil the Egyptians when you leave. Satan was right there, though. He would have destroyed the plan if he possible and if he could. There when Moses was born and they looked upon him and found that he was a goodly child, God protected him and God took care of him. But Satan was right there upon the scene and he would have destroyed Moses if it had been possible. There in that basket, there down by that little seashore, God allowed a young maiden after all of the decree that Pharaoh had given that all the children two years old and under should be killed and, and should be cast out. God allowed that young maiden to go down there by that seashore and adopt that child as her own. God was upon the scene in every instance of life. And then we find that Moses was raised there in the house of Pharaoh and learned all the ways of the Egyptians. God allowed this to be so. God never left his people undone. Then it says when, Pharaoh, when Moses, by faith when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. 
By faith when Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. But this next verse is the one that is the key to all of this to this scripture. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than all the treasures of Egypt. Can you see all those treasures? Joseph had missed a lot of treasures and piled up a lot of treasures down in Egypt for Pharaoh. He had begun to gather, and at this time I believe that Pharaoh owned all of Egypt himself, and Moses was set to be heir to sit up on the throne, and he could have ruled all of the land of Egypt and had everything at his command. But he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Are we looking at the reward this morning and not looking at the few treasures we can gain upon this earth? Do we see a greater treasure, one that fadeth not away? Do we look and see that treasure this morning that can come down into our hearts and life and fill us and thrill us as we go from day to day? Moses looked and saw that treasure. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood least that he, that he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, when they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which Egyptians are saying to do, were drowned. I tell you, God was upon the scene. Whenever he began to carry them out of the land of Egypt, and they began to walk, and I believe it was 600,000 men plus a mixed multitude, and God, and it says that not a feeble or sick one was among them. God had his hand in this plan that he was working. And then, then when they got there to the Red Sea, mountains on one side to the left and mountains to the right, and the Red Sea in front, and here Pharaoh's army comes to right in behind them. Not knowing what to do, but God says, stand still and see the salvation of God. The Egyptians of whom you see today, you shall see no more. And, Pharaoh, and Moses took faith in this. And Moses began to tell the people to go forward. And the wind began to blow and the sea began to roll back. And the Israelites began to go forward. I tell you that we have a great God that we serve this morning. One that can deliver us under every circumstance of life. Can you believe that this morning? That God can deliver under every circumstance of life. <laughs> the scene goes just a little bit farther. It leaves out. In this right hill, it leaves out. It doesn't tell about when they get over there. And it's just a short journey from the land of Egypt yeah. over to the promised land. And they begin to send out spies to spy out the land, Moses. And when the spies come back, the 12 spies, I believe, only two brought back a good report. Yeah, 
And that's the way it is today. People would say you can't make it. It's impossible to inherit the land. We can't go over. There are giants in the land. The enemy's in the land. He's greater than we are. But oh, I tell you what, there was Jacob, there was Caleb, and there was Joshua, and they said we're full able to take the land. And this morning, I believe with God on our side, we're full able to take the land. And because of unbelief, now listen, because of unbelief, God proclaimed that they would walk 40 years in the wilderness and not a soul of the foot of those 20 years old and upward would go into the land of promise because of unbelief except for Joshua and Caleb. And God caused them to wander in the deserts and in the wilderness for these 40 years because of unbelief. Do you believe this morning that God can save from the guttermost to the uttermost this morning? God is able to take care of, of everything that we will given to his hand. And when they began to get a little closer, and the time of the 40 years had run out, and they sent spies out again over into the Jericho, and there was Rahab, the harlot, by faith, the harlot Rahab, perished not with them because she believed with them that believed not when she had received the spies in peace. When the walls of Jericho, after the marching around for seven days, when they began to fall, the harlot Rahab's house was upon the wall, according to the way the scripture reads. And yet when the walls began to fall, and it says they fell down flat, and the Israelites marched right in, her house fell not, and she was saved because she received the spies in peace. When you see God's people coming your way, when you begin to hear the everlasting gospel preached, do you want to be saved? You've got to accept the people of God and their biddings of what they preach that a man must. It's not an option, as someone said, but it is a must that a man get out of the sinning business and fall in love with God. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David and also of Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms. God was on the scene all the way down through the line of time. And obtained promises. And stopped the miles of lines. Can you picture David there in the land of Babylon? And begin Daniel Sorry. Begin to open his wonders three times Amen. and begin to pray toward Jerusalem. God had set up a city of refuge and God had told his people, if you look this way and begin to pray, whatever land or whatever condition you're in, 
I will open the windows of heaven and will hear your prayer and will deliver you from whatever circumstance of life. And this morning, John the Revelator saw, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Can we turn our hearts and our minds in that direction this morning and begin to pray toward Jerusalem? And God will heal us as a nation and as a people. And God will call us out from the heathens and begin to call us and make us a sanctified people fit for the Master's youth this morning. If we begin to turn our hearts toward that Jerusalem from on high this morning. I tell you, God has not forgotten us. God has not forsaken us in any way. That same sermon that I... Or that same message that Sister Fanny preached over 75 years ago is still good here this morning that God can save from sin. They quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed violent in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And I thank the Lord this morning for that better resurrection. And others had trials of cruel mockings and of scourgings, yea, more of a bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned. They were sold asunder. This is what God people did, that they might bring this gospel right on down to you and I this morning. They were sown asunder. They were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth, and having obtained... And, and these all, having obtained a good reproof faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. But I'll tell you this morning, there is deliverance from all of these things of the world. Floyd read last night about our school system. Well, you can read about anything that you would like to read about on our today. Our nation needs the Lord. Our people need to go out and we need to begin to stand on street corners again. And I believe we need to begin to preach and proclaim the everlasting gospel. I don't know what it would take to move us. I don't claim to be a Joshua and I don't claim to be a Moses. But I do claim to be sanctified this morning. And I pray that God would put it up on our hearts to begin to go out and to proclaim the everlasting gospel as in the old days of old. I have just one last scripture I'd like to read. Over in the book of St. Luke. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. I saw this star shining over this little stable they had out here, and I began to think about these things. 
And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you great good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Let me tell you. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this morning we have a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, which was born in the city of David, and we proclaim it from the housetop. Pray that we'll know how, through the coming year, to carry the everlasting gospel. I believe in the gospel that Christ's sanctified holy church has set forth. I believe we stand upon a word that can be stood upon in the trying times. I don't believe that everybody that we preach to or everybody that we bring the message to will have ears to hear and eyes to see. But I believe there will be a few people that God will touch their hearts and God will warm their hearts as you begin to tell them there is a better way to live than to live in the sin of this world. There is a better way to live than to go out in the killings and the places of the world today and the violence of the world today. There is safety with God's people. If you'll stay with God's people, there's a great safety here, I believe, this morning. And I found that safety. I wandered too away from God many days without number. But I have found safety in the house of God and among His people this morning. I'm so glad that the angel flew through the heavens and began to proclaim the everlasting gospel that there is a Savior that can save from sin this morning. Pray God that through the coming year that we can tell some soul that there is a better way to live than to live in sin. And when you pray, if you'll mention me in your prayers.